You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Wednesday, October the 11th, a little grey and overcast here in TW11 as we cast our eye forward, not just to this week and future Champions Weekend, but to the following week and Kipco British Champions Day. News on both coming up. First, from Aidan O'Brien at Ballydoyle a few moments ago, who told me how much he was looking forward to running City of Troy in this weekend's Native Trails Dewhurst Stakes. Yeah, everything is good, Nick. Yeah, uh, obviously we're looking forward to seeing him out again. Uh, it's a good way since he ran. Um, he's in good form. He's done very well physically. He's a good bit heavier now than he was before. Um, but he's doing all the right things, and um, I know we're looking forward to seeing him run again, Nick. Absolutely. I mean, I know it, I know it wasn't Plan A because you were going to run him, and then the ground went soft, and so you've had to give him a little longer break. Could that be a blessing in disguise? Do you think? Well, he, he's obviously had more time to be a little bit fitter. Um, but uh, I suppose he was a bit heavy going to the car and we were a bit uh, worried about that but his weight hasn't changed much so in, in a sense the car so obviously he might be just after maturing and getting stronger really so um, uh, he's never been stopped he's been in full work the whole time and, and he's probably going to run the same weight as uh, we thought he would be when he ran in the, going to run in the national stakes So if you if you run him if everything goes to plan and you run him at the weekend which is the intention do you intend to run any other horses in the Dewhurst or not? Um, it's possible that we could run uh, something else uh, not definite but it, it is possible that uh, something like Johan Brands or something else could run with him but it's not uh, nothing is written in stone yet Nick um, But you're not going to run Henry Longfellow if City of Troy runs? No, no, probably not. Uh, we, uh, we think Henry Longfellow is finished for the season. Um, the last time I spoke to the lads, I think that's what they were thinking, and, and I'm, I'm more than likely that will be it, uh, uh, Nick. And in your own mind, Aidan, and I know they've all got different attributes, but in terms of just pure, raw, natural ability, is City of Troy at the moment, in your mind, your leading to your old cult? Well, it's obviously it's it's very difficult to say because we haven't put them together because the lads haven't asked for them to be together. But he's he's a, an unusual horse that he can he goes a very strong gallop. Uh, he's very happy to get a lead, but whether uh, whether you can get horses to lead him or not, and, and he just doesn't get tired, which is very unusual. Um, and the first day Ryan rode him at the curry, he frightened him a bit, and I think that's why he 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 went such a strong gallop with him the next day in Newmarket. He didn't want the same thing to happen, but he he just gallops relentlessly uh, when he gets into that big big open stride. He just keeps pushing it out, you know. So that's very an unusual trait in a horse, uh, Nick, a horse that uh, just doesn't get tired really. Um, you've obviously got a few of these justifies. We saw Opera Singer doing her thing in the pre-Marcel Boussac, and I know you collect all the data, and it's fascinating to understand these stallions a bit better. Is there anything that's really struck you about them as a group? Um, the big open galloping horses, the big good move when they go beyond seven furlongs. Like, uh, obviously, when he gets fast mares, he's going to get very fast horses as well, but the, the middle-distance mares that are going to him, they, they, just, they just stay very well. Very, very high cruising pace. Um, and uh, like we've seen when they go to seven and when they go beyond seven they like, just find another gear really and I'd imagine when they go to mile, mile and a quarter, mile and a half the same is going to happen uh, Is Opera Singer, uh, she's still in the Phillies mile is that a possibility for her? No, I, I think if she's going to go again it would be probably America we'll give her a little bit of time and see how she is um, 
Dean rides her every day and he's very happy with her at the moment. Uh, Keith's in charge of her, so, um, but we'll see. I, I'd imagine the lads will make that call kind of fairly close to America, Nick. And Ilang Ilang is still in the Philly Smile. Now, I was telling you about this bet I've got with Jane Mangan about who wins a Group 1 first, Ilang Ilang or City of Troy. And I've been rubbing my hands with glee, thinking, well, I'm I'm all over winning this. And then I see you put Ilang Ilang in the Philly Smile, and I see she's only a 5-2 to two shot, and I'm thinking, I'm going to have egg on my face here. What's going to happen? Yeah, so I suppose um, um, the first two days she won wasn't ideal. She made her own running. And because of that, when we ran her in the mile there in soft ground, she jumped and Ryan just couldn't get her back out. But she thought she was doing the same thing, which wasn't ideal. So um, we, we put that down to her disappointing run. So we went to, um, we obviously went to Newmarket the last day with, with the Phillies smile in our head. Um, we wanted her to settle, do things right, to see the track. And... Uh, and uh, see how she got on and uh, in all fairness she did everything perfect she relaxed um um she quickened and, and kept going um because of the way the race was run it probably didn't suit to win the race doing that but we were very happy with her and we thought it, it should set her up lovely for friday so um mm. she, she's in good form since um <laughs> Everything has been well with her sense. So um, it's going to be interesting, Nick. So I, but what you're saying to me is I need to blow the dust out of my wallet and get prepared to pay up. No, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Listen, it's a group one. It's very hard to win any group one in any race, any in any country at any time. So I never believe it's going to happen until it does happen. But um, we're, we're happy with her. Rachel rides her every day and she's very happy. Um, Keith is in charge and he's very happy. So... Um, yeah, we're very happy at the moment with her, Nick, but listen, she still has to get out there and do it, and it will be interesting to see what's going to happen. It's a good race, um, but her preparation has went well. Um, uh, her run in Newmarket was lovely, and everything has went well since, so it's, it's going to be interesting. Okay, that was Aidan O'Brien. This is Lee Mottishead, senior writer from the Racing Post. I'm going to lose my bet, I know that, but that's secondary to the, the, the importance, <laughs> of the central importance of, of this weekend and uh, our beloved city of Troy out again in the Dewhurst. And it sounds now, Lee, as though it's it's full steam ahead for this. It does, Nick. Yeah, it does. And I very much hope that proves to be the case on Saturday. I mean, I I think beyond any doubt, really, he will be the horse that sells future Champions Day on Saturday. He's the one that most people will be looking forward to seeing. Um, Just the fact alone that some bookmakers are quoting him as short as five to two on for the Dewhurst, and it might not be uh, an exceptional Dewhurst on paper. If you take out some of the horses that we wouldn't expect Aiden to running, it's maybe not vintage, but you've still got some real talent um, in there from other yards. Um, I think that tells you how highly regarded City of Troy is. I thought when he won the superlative stakes, he produced the sort of performance that left you wondering, could he be one of those horses who moves beyond the realm of a normal uh, Group 1 class horse into something else, into a different stratosphere. That was one run. It doesn't tell us a lot, Nick, but it gives us hope. And I very much hope that we see him on Saturday and that our hope for the horse is realised and he does go into winter um, as a red-hot favourite for the Guineas and Derby. And it does sound as though Aidan has planned Ilang Ilang's return to form uh, quite brilliantly as well. So I look forward to that with rather more more mm. trepidation for commiserations. My wallet. Well, you know, you knew how this was going to end, didn't you? You did, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Barry Marn is the racing manager to Juddenmont Farms. They have supplemented a ray into the Dewhurst at a cost of 35000 He will be ridden by James Doyle. Lee Asheen Murphy is on Morge in Keeneland this weekend. That's right, yeah. Um, and it means that James Doyle um, adds to what was already a really strong book of rides, um, Nick, on Saturday, as well as donning the Juddmont colours that he obviously was very familiar with once as, as retained rider to uh, the late Prince Khaled Abdullah. He's got horses like Pecontra in the Autumn Stakes, who has made a tremendous impression for Ollie Sangster in two starts today. He's got a a decent looking um a decent looking ride in the Cesarevich as well on the shunter mm-hmm. from at Mullins. So um we know that that James Doyle has had some very good days on the Roly Mile in recent years, particularly of course uh, last year when he cleaned up in the two guineas. Well he could have a good autumn day on the Roly Mile on Saturday as well. All right. So as I was saying, Barry Mann is the Judmont racing manager before I digressed somewhat there. And this is why they've supplemented Array for 35 grand. Now the Mount of James Doyle. Yeah, Nick, he, you know, he, he won well the last day in the Mill Reef. Um, his work at home has always been good. And Andrew and Oshin have always held him in high regard. So we're at the, the latter end of the season. And, uh, uh, I think Andrew and, and the owners felt like it was worth taking a risk and rolling the dice and there's a bit of rain coming in which will be no harm for our guy and if you're not in you can't win Nick so we're giving it a ro- roll of the dice and see what happens Alright you've got a couple of quite interesting runners coming up one today actually mid, mid-air a, a really well-bred uh, colt by Frankel who ran a very good race at, at Goodwood last time would you expect him to break his maiden at Nottingham today? Yeah, we'll be very hopeful. He's a nice colt. We thought he'd nearly get it done the last day, and uh, he was beaten by a, a, a good see the stars of Andrew Baldings uh, in what looked a good race. Um, nice horse, big horse. I'd say he'll progress from run to run, so we'll be hopeful of a big run today. And of course, everyone's waiting to see this Kikuli, the Kingman half brother to Frankel. Is he going to run next week? He's an intended runner in the next week or 10 days. Uh, nice cold. I think Roger and Harry are both been happy with him. Uh, he's been a little bit green and a little bit immature, but I think he'll run a nice race first time and he'll build on it from there and uh, we'll have a nice horse for the future. Basically impossible for him to live up to his pedigree, poor chap, but good luck with him. Uh, and I know we spoke about time lock after she won at, uh, at Newmarket, won the Princess Royal very impressively. Uh, will she and Blue Stocking go to the Kipco Phillies and Mares at, at Ascot or not? We just monitor the situation. Uh, the time lock is indefinite um, possible if the ground is not too soft. Um, and Blue Stocking, again, she, she'd like soft ground, so if it came up soft, she'd go there. Um, so we have options. And look, Blue Stocking also is the St. Simon uh, the following week, so she'll go to one or the other. And can you get Chaldean back for the QE2? Yeah, he's he'll, he's in good form and uh, he'll do a bit of work this weekend and if all that goes well, then we'll make a plan whether we're the QE2 or the Breeders' Cup um, but we'll know after he works on Saturday. Any plans for Westover yet, stud-wise, Barry? No, no plans. I think the owners are, are mulling it over and deciding what they want to do and whether we stand the horse or not um, and hopefully they'll make up their mind in the next week. Um, everyone's kind of assuming that that's not going to happen, but is that a dangerous assumption? Is it, is it possible that Judmont could stand Westover? Oh, it's very possible, Nick. You know, he's a two-time Group 1 winning son of Frankel. Um, he's a very good pedigree. He's, you know, beautiful physique. So, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot not to like, so it's definitely possible. All right, that was Barry Marne. One other thing that struck me about British Champions Day looking ahead, and indeed this weekend, Future Champions Day, 
um, of Future Champions Weekend, Lee, was whether this battle between John and Thady Gosden and Aidan O'Brien for the Trainers' Championship could go right to the wire. At the moment, there's about £900,000 separating them at the top of the table. If Aidan wins the Phillies' mile and the Dewhurst, that's 583 knocked off that block. Um, and then it's all all to play for should Paddington win the QE2 and Luxembourg run a big race in the champion stakes. Of course, John Gosner has got every single stable star potentially lined up for British Champions Day. Mostadaf in the champion stakes itself. In Spiral in the QE2. We're going to hear about Nashua in a few moments time and targets for her. Possibly Courage Monami in the long distance. Sweet William could be going there. Maybe three in the uh, Phillies race. Fresh wind, sweet memories, running lion. Confirmed, incidentally, that Emily Upjohn won't be going there, nor will she be going to the Breeders' Cup. She's done for the season, uh, aimed at the Shima Classic. So um, it's it, it, it could be all to play for still. It couldn't it, yeah. And I, I wondered the extent to which the weather might influence things over the coming days. I think a lot of those John Gosden, John and Thady Gosden trained stable stars um, would not want to see much rain between now and next Saturday, particularly Mostadaf and Inspiral. I'm looking at one of my uh, weather apps here, Nick. It says Thursday rain, Friday rain, but thereafter, from Saturday through to Champions Day, all but one of the days, I'm looking at a bright yellow symbol uh, with sun rays pouring off the, the circle, which suggests to me that the forecast might not be that bad for Champions Day week, which is not something we say generally. I don't think we're going to be having talk about that inner turf uh, slash hurdles course for Champions Day, which is which is good to hear. And if we do get decent ground, then not only are we going to see uh, a potentially thrilling early denouement to the the flat trainers championship because it does run until the end of the year but in effect it will end on on champions day to all extents and purposes but we're going to see a, a a fantastic champions day with so many big stars turning up all right yeah if uh, if inspiral and mossadaf rock up and aiden runs paddington and and luxembourg this is going to be a, a really interesting clash between the two major training superpowers and of course if the gosdens were to win it would be the first championship uh, with a, a joint license which i don't think is a f uh, something lost on either of them and I, I have had it confirmed this morning that in spiral and mostadaf whatever happens on champions they are the only possible runners at this stage for the gosdens at the breeders cup fixture at santa anita so lots to play for in the weeks ahead what's going to happen to Nashua? which way will they jump will they jump qe2 or will they jump champion stakes i've been talking to uh, the racing manager to imad al Sagar, teddy grimthorpe this is what he had to say yeah i i, I mean i think imad has, has, has really enjoyed campaigning at this year um obviously sort of to win, to win the Falmouth in such great style uh, was was really exciting and and then it was a pretty brave move to go to York for the Judmont and, and really to split Mostadaf and Paddington was was an exceptional performance. Um, and arguably, she was a little bit unlucky in Ireland. Mm. Oh, I think, I think un unarguably, she was a bit unlucky in Ireland. Yeah, uh, she was a little bit. She um, uh, and 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 again, she's run a she's run a you know she's beaten half a length by Auguste Rodin. Um, in, in 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 the Irish champion, so the, uh, we we know she's sort of capable at at at, at, the, at those sort of levels, and both at a mile and a mile a quarter. Um, 
And the plan has always been just to see how it all uh, how it all unfolds. Not in partly in terms of going. I think if I, I mean I think if it got quite soft and they had the usual amount of rain before Champions Day, um, then I think the QE2 would be more of an option. Um, but equally so, I, th- I think if the ground was, say, uh, I mean, I don't want to sort of nail it to the post, but if say if it was good, then that would bring in the option of, uh, of, of the champion as mm. well, I would think. Um, and uh, it's it's an, I mean it's a, it's one of what I call those really nice decisions that we'll make we'll make it when we when we know a bit more about everything um, sort of midway through next week probably well we have, we have to um, but uh, I, I think that it's it's she's in good form she's done it she did a bit on the Alba Hatchery this morning um, moving nicely. Um, into a headwind and and was had a normal blow afterwards and she she recovered well from Ireland uh, which was great and having done that you know um, I, I think we're, we're sort of uh, really positive. I, I was gonna I was gonna say obviously it's, it's somewhat could be somewhat opposition contingent as well but then yeah, if the ground stayed nice you might be looking at it in Spiral and Paddington in the QE2 or or Mostadap and King of Steel in the Champion Stakes. It's a, it's, I mean, I can't work out which of those two is the easier option, really. Yeah, well, I, I was going to ask you that very question. Um, I, I, I sort of, uh, I, I looked at, I, I thought Inspire was was hugely impressive in the in, in the Sun Chariot. Um, no question about that Um, and I I think that and and obviously Paddington well we feel we got the better of him at at York but that it'll be it'll be back to a mile which will be again be slightly different um, and 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 again, the going will be slightly different, I should think. I mean, it's, I know this this might sound like a, a vulgar question, but there's a ton of money on for the champion stakes. I mean, that can't have escaped your notice. Um, it, <laughs> uh, it, it it certainly crossed my mind. Well, it's funny because I, I was well, I was I was interviewing um, the American owner Mike Rapoli at the weekend, and I yeah, I said to him, "Well, why are you running this?" Yeah, why are you running this miler in the in the turf over a mile and a half? And he said, "Well, have you have you seen the purses? One's worth X million, and the other's worth X million times two. And you think, well, people do kind of pay attention at the end of the day. We all we all cry about prize money, and you know from all my various roles, I'm I'm a big advocate of 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 getting uh, of, of campaigning uh, campaigning horses to win the best prize money because ultimately that's that's how our game's going to survive." Um, Imad is um, incredibly passionate um, and w- wants to wants to compete at the highest level uh, with his horses and especially with Nashua, who's been such a flag bearer uh, for him. And, and I, th- I think that getting her in the right slot is, is very important. Obviously, the financial aspect is, is shouldn't be lost on anybody. Um, because uh, otherwise we we all just say oh thank you very much for giving us black type um, and 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 here's here's, here's a uh, uh, you know a bunch of roses or whatever yeah. um, so we've got to we've got to raise the dial and turn the dial uh, a, a bit and so it is certainly a consideration um, but I th- I think it's it's part of the whole mix of trying to get the filly in the best place as, as well. Um, because you can end up chasing the wrong thing for the wrong reason. 
All right, that was Teddy Grimthorpe. Lee, where, where would you run her? I'd be inclined to go QE2, Nick, just would because you? I... Yeah, I, I, what she did in the foul mistakes is sort of lodged in my head. Um, and I thought she so, showed so much pace that day that I would be inclined to give her a shot at, at that race. I mean, they, they could both be exceptionally tough contests. And whether she is good enough to win either of those, if the the other big stars turn up and run close their best, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I think if I, if, I, if I had to go down on one at the moment, it will be the QE2. I see I, I see what you're saying, because I originally thought, hmm, champion stakes, more money, as I said to Teddy Grimthorpe there, more money, she's got a chance, she's run well in the Judmont and the Irish champion. However, strongly run stiff mile at Ascot might be bang up her street, up that straight mile. And of course, mm. it is not a straight mile uh, over which, thus far, Inspiral has excelled. She was beaten no. Queen Anne. She ran a horrid race in the QE2 last year. And I wonder with her whether they might be better off keeping their powder dry, trainers' championships mm -hmm. notwithstanding, for the Breeders' Cup, maybe go up in trip to the Philly and Mare turf, or maybe even just stay at a mile, given that up to the mark's not going to run in that. Um, put it this way, would you fancy her to beat Master of the Seas in a Breeders' Cup mile? Yes, I would. That's pretty yeah. much what she's got to do, I think. Yeah, if I if I if I was um, Mrs. Thompson or if I was the Gosdens, I would definitely be thinking Breeders' Cup over Champions Day at this stage. I mean, I I, I know um, that she has this year um, come off one run and then performed very quickly when she went from Goodwood to to Deauville. But I would have thought, in an ideal world, you would give her more of a break from the Southern Chariot to her next start she won very easily at newmarket but she must have had a a hard enough race to produce a performance of that quality and i would have just figured that giving her a bit longer from uh newmarket to an next run would be preferable so if i was them i'd be thinking breeders cup and it while we're just talking about the qe2 i probably say this every year and they, they're not going to listen but i would love it nick if they return the qe2 yeah. to the round mile i, I, I would love it I would love every memory race up that straight mile, apart from the Hunt Cup, obviously, to be run round, to be run round. Couldn't agree mile. more. Yeah, I, 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 I still don't understand why it's on the straight mile. Um, it always used to be on the round mile. It was every bit as good a race, if not better, on the round mile. And I think for spectators, and we are a a customer driven sport, we should be a customer driven customer driven sport. Races on round courses are more easily consumed than races on straight courses. So it won't happen, but I would love it if they return the QE2 to the round mile. It's just more interesting. They're more they're more tactical nuances. Yeah, better. It's just better. It just looks better. And I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree with I, you. Nick, so we'll be talking. The, 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 one of the arguments made will be that uh, jockeys prefer racing on on straight courses. There's less there's less potential for trouble in running etc etc but we're on the cusp of the world's richest turf race the everest a six furlong race that will take place around the bend uh, around a bend at ramway i do not believe that this 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 surge towards running races that used to run around courses on straight courses just because there's like to be less trouble in running is a good enough argument bring it back to ramwell please um right we need to talk about what's happening in court this morning because if you remember back to the summer, uh, Animal Rising and the demonstration that took place at Epsom on Derby Day, uh, the perpetrator um, of that 
uh, trespass or was in breach of an injunction that had been taken out by the jockey club. And although criminal proceedings have already been and gone and he's he's had his time in jail, he now has to answer to the, the civil courts for breach of the injunction, Lee. He does indeed. Um, that is probably happening as we're talking now, Nick, recording this pod. And it might well be that by the time listeners listen to the pod, that they know the outcome. But yeah, Ben Newman, who those who were at the Derby or watching the Derby remember, got onto the race course after the Derby had started. Um, no matter what Animal Rising might say about that, the race had started. Um, and that was in contravention of um a jockey club uh, gained injunction in relation to the derby he has served already uh over a month in prison but the potential outcome of this injunction hearing would be up to two years in prison if the court finds against him interesting as well Nick, that the animal rising um were making this known to members of the the press yesterday it's not something that they i think see whatever the outcome as negative to their cause i think they are actually enjoying the publicity which is something that we uh should bear in mind um but yes yeah, so ben newman in court today by the time this is get the the pod tomorrow they will know the outcome all right head back to the sales ring now tattersall's book two continuing a pace and we're going to check in with american-based agent ben mcelroy his home is in kentucky he's been very busy through the last few weeks he stayed on after after book one for the second book and he's been busy i think across the two he's bought or co-bought 14 lots uh, quite a few for for barbara banky stone street farms for whom he's had great success with royal ascot two-year-old types and uh, i asked him really why he'd stuck around uh, yesterday, he signed for a brace of 325,000 guinea lots, one by Pinatubo, one by, by Earthlight. Yeah, um, in book one, you know, obviously, especially for Stone Street, we're looking for that real precocious two-year-old. And um, I bought four for Barbara Banky, who owns Stone Street, in uh, book one. But I just kind of got the sense that... Um, it was going to be worth sticking around for book two and uh, actually was really, once I started inspecting the yearlings for book two, I was delighted at the standard and what was, you know, what was the type that fits my order uh, was in book two. So, uh, so I was delighted I stayed and um, we got some really nice yearlings in book two. I was very interested by some of the horses you bought, uh, particularly one for Barbara Banky Stone Street Stables you mentioned, uh, out of a, a mare called Desert Lantern, but by Persian King, uh, the the new sire by by Kingman, who was, who was very smart. But I see Space Blues down in the third dam. Was that a, a big driver in, in in looking at her? Um, actually spotted that filly uh, at the Tally Ho consignment. She was just walking up and down the courtyard and I just thought she was a great mover um, obviously the sire was, was a very talented and highly regarded racehorse by the trainer and uh, she was out of a more than ready mare which he, he looks like he's starting to become a good broodmare sire and she just she definitely fitted the bill but um, and there was actually a couple other horses that had uh, raced at group level mm. in the u.s so she, she made sense um 
physically and pedigree wise because okay. you always like to try and as you say make sense of the pedigree and see things that have worked in the past and um, it just gives you a bit more confidence and every time i interview an american buyer at the sales they seem to be tapping into that shamadal sire line uh, and you've done the same with a uh, with earthlight and and pinatubo I, I noted i'm guessing that's not a coincidence yeah i mean obviously he was a champion two-year-old and a very uh, you know very tough horse and um you know it seems to be you know his son seemed to be doing well and and um Obviously, you don't mind seeing him as a broodmare sire. Actually, a, a filly I bought that won at Royal Ascot this year, Villanova Queen, was out of a Shamardal mare. So, yeah, no, definitely uh, like seeing Shamardal in there. And so you've got your Pinatubo out of Boston Rocker and your Earthlight out of Detoria. Tell me a little bit about them. Um, <coughs> yeah, I mean, to be, I think both horses were vetted uh, uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you spoke to the vendors, they were, you know, the horses were vetted 15, 16 times. And probably by the time they got to the ring, there was probably more than that. So I actually thought on either one, they were potentially going to cost more than what they did. I know they were by first season sires and 325s, nothing to be sneezed at. But uh, I think in the US, if, if you're getting that much betting, you know, crazy prices can happen. So I definitely think um, very happy to get both those Colts. They they look they look um, like outstanding prospects. Uh, and actually, the Philly I bought the day before for Stone Street, the showcasing uh, costs the same amount, and but she's just kind of tailor made for for them. I I calculate you've bought fourteen yearlings. There might be more. I might have missed a few at, at books one and two. Put your neck on the line now, Ben. Which is gonna which is gonna be the best racehorse? Um geez, this is a tough one. I think it's it's gonna be a head bob between um the Earth like Holt yesterday and the Maymas Colt I bought. I think it was the first day off of Shibley mm-hmm. Park. That's out of Spangled. Okay, so it's got it. So it's 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 lot ten thirteen for those who want to look this up versus lot one twenty, and they were far from the most expensive horses you bought either. So we'll be, I'll be fascinated to see how they get on. And the Earthlight, of course, has come out of the book two, and Maymus has come out of book one. Ben, thanks for talking to me, um, and all the best for the journey home. Yeah, thanks, Nick. We'll we'll, we'll see a Breeders' Cup. Agent Ben McElroy there. Good luck to him with his purchases from Tattersall's 14 across the two books. We're heading to Hong Kong now and Jay McGrath. Nick, plans in Hong Kong were thrown into confusion over the weekend when a typhoon was hovering in the area and racing had to be cancelled. This is going to have a knock-on effect on plans for the coming weeks because horses who were due to run at the weekend are now going to have to find other races in coming weeks and it's going to clutter up the programme book, that's for sure. Uh, one man who was affected was Casper Founds, who looked to have a really good lineup there 
on Sunday at Cha Tin, but he can make amends, I think, uh, or get some compensation of sorts at Happy Valley today because he's got some good chances there and headed by uh, Royal Pride in race seven, a class four over 1650 metres, an extended mile. Royal Pride has won only one race in 25 starts in Hong Kong, but he's really been a victim of a high rating when he first arrived from Australia. He's now down in class four. He's going to be much better suited there, and I think he can win today for Casper Founds and also for Vincent Ho, who's back riding at his best. So race seven, number one, Royal Pride to win from number two, Lean Hero, who's ridden by Hugh Bowman. Now, Hugh Bowman... Uh, teams up with Casper in race four with number two Kakushi Musu who I think will be suited in this class four race a sprint over six furlongs Kakushi Musu has drawn 10 which is awkward from that start but uh, Bowman will drop him out and then finish on down the outside he'll probably be able to nab number five golden luck in the home straight golden luck in great form and also well drawn so race four number two kakushi musu to beat number five golden luck that's all on the hong kong beat this week i'll have more for you next week okay thanks to all my guests today thanks to, to the croc there lee Mottishead still with me and lee you've got something for me for today I have, Nick. I'm going to Nottingham, a regular source of back-end autumn flat racing. I'm going in the 4.22. It's a one mile and half the furlong handicap for three-year-olds plus. And I'm going for the least or one of the two least exposed horses in the field, a William Haggis trained Kingman filly called Ramilda. Tom Marquan rides. She produced much a PB on her most recent outing on this a handicap debut. I'm hoping she can build on that. So Ramilda for me in the 4.22 at Nottingham. And I must um, say hello to one of our most regular and loyal listeners. Um, are you familiar with Judy Maxwell, Lee? Judy, the name rings a bell. It should ring a bell because Judy, Judy, well, Judy's bred two Grand National winners. Uh, hello, Dandy and Ryman Reason, 84 and 88. You'll remember well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a big figure in racing in the north of Ireland. Uh, and also now... Um, mother of david ah yeah okay i mean i like to say that he is son of judy but actually <laughs> mother of david anyway judy's judy's not been particularly well although ah. i'm i'm told that she is on the mend and is going to hopefully be out of hospital by the end of the week but she uh she sent a message to david yesterday saying are there legal proceedings holding nick's podcast up i've waited all morning it's like waiting for your next painkiller so apologies for the embargo yesterday, Judy. I know it's not as timely as it should be today, but hopefully um, we'll get quicker as the week goes on. Sometimes you have to to wait on important people, like Lee Motter said and Aidan O'Brien and, you know, BHA embargoes and stuff like that. Well, I, I, I myself, Nick, have never been subject to any sort of uh, embargo and I send my very best wishes uh, to Judy and indeed to all the pod's lovely listeners. Okay, the only uh, embargoes Lee has been subject to is the popular nightclub at the bottom of the King's Road. Um, <laughs> with, with that uh, image firmly lodged in your minds. Firmly lodged. And um, with best wishes to Judy. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily. Brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, 
and thoroughbred racing commentary. Thank you.